To Healthy and Happy, a program sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and aired right here on this year Education and Wellness Station. Yes, it's NCOFM, it's 91.1, 91.3, and of course 91.5 only on your FM dial. We have an exciting program lined up for you this evening, so I'm going to encourage you to grab whatever snacks you have, or if you're on your way home, just ensure that your radio is at the right volume as we get into another intriguing and exciting episode of Healthy and Happy. I'm your host for this evening, Adis Jonas Murphy. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Thank you so very much for keeping it locked to NCUFM. It is 91.1, 91.3, and 91.5 only on your FM dial. And I am so happy, I'm so privileged every time we have a guest in studio. I am so excited because it means I'm going to be learning something new. And not only me, but you too. You're going to be learning something new this evening. Well, we started a series on issues of the stomach a couple of weeks ago and dr john anthony price has been our guest we want to welcome him to studio once more dr price good evening Hi, good evening Adis. thanks for having me again no problem welcome back and um how are you doing i'm very good thank you wonderful you know our listeners have been tuning in they've been learning about appendicitis peptic <laughs> ulcers and this week we're going to be focusing on colon cancer it's a subject that not many people would like to talk about colon cancer but we must play our part as the education and wellness station in educating the populace about these various health challenges so Colon cancer is where it's at this evening, Doc. Now, yes. I want you to just uh, provide for us a broad overview on cancer, but in particular, colon cancer. What is it? Colon cancer, as the name suggests, is cancer, which originates in a part of the gut called the colon. Mm -hmm. And the colon is what we generally refer to as the large gut. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we group the colon cancers also with the rectal cancer, so we call it colorectal cancer. So that's essentially what happens there. So there's a occult cancer, a malignancy that develops in that colon, mm -hmm. and it's actually fairly common. It's the third most common cancer, and it's the most common cancer of your entire gastrointestinal tract. That's worldwide or in Jamaica? That's worldwide. Wow, wow, yes. wow. You mentioned being able to group colon cancer with rectal cancer. Right. So if somebody has rectal cancer, it's safe to say it's also colon cancer. Is it one um, and the same? It's not one in the same. Um, mm -hmm. The treatment sometimes varies between the two, mm -hmm. but sometimes people group them based on just the fact that the rectum is right after the colon ends. So in general, a lot of the treatment is similar. However, there are little differences in the treatment for rectal cancer that is different from colon cancer. Now that we have set that foundation, let's get into the causes of colon cancer. Sure. So colon cancer has various causes, and this includes causes from both genetics mm -hmm. as well as environmental causes. Um, also what we call like inflammatory causes. Mm -hmm. So genetics-wise, you have various individuals who may be predisposed to colon cancer because they have a strong family history of it. So there are certain um, diseases that are actually passed down in the family that predispose you to getting colon cancer. Mm -hmm. And then 
then there is what we call sporadic colon cancer. So that one that is passed on in a family is called hereditary. Hmm. And then what we call now sporadic is where you have an individual who has no particular risk based on their family, mm-hmm. but they just develop it later on in life. Okay. Um, and various things can cause that sporadic colon cancer. One that we like to talk about is the diet. Mm-hmm. So for example, diets that are high in red meat, low fiber, right. low fruits and vegetables, that actually increases your risk for colon cancer. Mercy. And then those people who smoke, they're at increased risk for colon cancer. Hold on, ca- well, hold on, hold on. Back yes. up a bit. <laughs> I thought smoking predisposes you to lung, lung cancer. cancer. So Let me tell you, smoking is one of those things that predisposes you to almost any cancer in your body. Wow. It's just one of those things that is just harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, so even colon cancer, wow. it predisposes you to that as well. Interesting. Yes, indeed. Um, people who are obese are also at increased risk for colon cancer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, so let's go back a bit. You mentioned genetics or the hereditary nature of colon cancer. Sure. When you say one has an increased risk based on the hereditary nature, is it greater with one or two? So or? that depends on the, the type of hereditary colon cancer that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be passed on in various ways. Um, so one of those things that you're talking about could be something that we call autosomal dominant, where you really just need one parent who has that abnormal gene. Uh-huh. And then subsequently, that can be passed on down to the children. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are various types of hereditary colon cancer. And so the way it is inherited mm-hmm. is it's different among the types. Mm. Yeah. We speak about it being likely versus it happening. And what ways are there to indicate that it may be passed on directly, let's for, say? To, for hereditary? Yes. To the so, child. for example, um, one, of the, one of the worst type of hereditary ones you can have is something called familial adenomatous polyposis. Mercy. And in that one, that is what we call an autosomal dominant inheritance, where you only just need one parent to pass on that abnormal mm-hmm, gene. Mm-hmm. And in that scenario, that individual is 100% likely to develop colon cancer mm. by the age of 40 years old. Mercy. So that one, no, you would have your family history, so that is something that you would know one of your parents may have had it, mm-hmm. and then one of their siblings may have had it as well. Their parents may have had it. So you can kind of get that idea Mm-hmm. of this person is definitely at increased risk mm-hmm. based on that family history. There are various genetic tests that you can do to determine which gene is involved, which type of hereditary colon cancer we're dealing with, mm. and so you can initiate that treatment from early. Okay, these things don't show up with regular medicals though. You'd have to do specific testing, as you said, right? Genetic testing? Yes, but not always genetic testing. So for those people who we identify at increased risk based on family history, Mm -hmm. we don't always have to do a genetic test that would be able to identify the gene in particular. Yes, but however, we can just screen the colon nonetheless Mm -hmm. to see if there are actually things developing that predispose to cancer. And Mm -hmm. these are what we call polyps. So polyps are what the cancer generally arises from. Mm -hmm. So there are various tests that we can do to look and see if there are actually polyps that are developing and mm-hmm. we can treat these from early. We've mentioned the hereditary nature, we've mentioned for those that are not passed on in that way, the sporadic nature, individuals who are obese, individuals who smoke, individuals who have poor diet, pretty much. Poor diet, yeah. It increases the risk of them getting... Oh, and the other one, right. I was mentioning also those people who have inflammatory conditions mm-hmm. of the colon. You may have heard of things like ulcerative colitis or mm-hmm. Crohn's disease. Yes. Those individuals are also at increased risk of developing colon cancer. We've looked at the causes. Let's now move to the risk factors. I think 
think we kind of overlapped a little bit when you were talking about the causes. Yes. But um, let's delve into the risk factors. What predisposes an individual to getting colon cancer? That kind of intertwines with a lot of the same stuff I was mm-hmm. talking about. So even in these sporadic causes that may develop because of the environmental stuff like the diet and the smoking, the obesity, mm-hmm. um, even diabetes as well has been shown to have an increased risk of colon cancer. Mm-hmm. So even in those sporadic cases, there are these genetic alterations that do take place. Mm -hmm. So essentially those things are the risk factors, Mm -hmm. all those environmental causes, Mm -hmm. and then that now predisposes some changes in the genes, in your DNA, that now further increase your risk or cause the changes that start the cascade of developing colon cancer. You know, I'm also seeing where one of the increased risk for colon cancer is older age. Yes. I'm reading here from the mayoclinic.org where it says, and you can confirm whether or not this is is true, Doc. Colon cancer can be diagnosed at any age, but a majority of people with colon cancer are older than 50. That is absolutely correct. The rates of colon cancer in people younger than 50 have been increasing, but doctors aren't sure why Um, but but it points back to some of the lifestyle uh, exactly choices that you mentioned that we're talking about because obesity as you know is also increasing Mm -hmm. and things like that so a lot of that may be linked to why we're seeing um earlier causes of colon cancer right what about race i mean i hear we black people tend to be um (laughs) predisposed to almost uh, everything out there. So uh, let's talk about race. Yes, unfortunately, this is one of those things that we, again, are a little bit more at increased risk of. So black Mm -hmm. people um, are at increased risk of developing colon cancer. Also, unfortunately, the mortality, which is the risk of dying from colon cancer, is Mm -hmm. also higher among the black population. Um, Why is that so? Can somebody just tell me why? (laughs) (laughs) So let me tell you, in terms of, the mortality-wise, that is multifactorial. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be that genetics play a part, but also because of socioeconomic status in a right. lot of these countries. The black people, as you know, have lower socioeconomic status, so can't mm-hmm. afford all the treatment that is necessary. Mm-hmm. So that definitely also plays a part in terms of the, the higher mortality among the race. In terms of the increased incidence, they're not really sure exactly why, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things that has been found, unfortunately. Yeah. A sedentary lifestyle, you know, not being engaged in a lot of physical activity. Um, something is telling me that that may also be a contributing factor. Yes. How important is exercise or movement uh, in the prevention of certain cancers and particularly colon cancer? So, I mean, exercise in general is pretty important in terms of your overall health. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, specifically for colon cancer, a sedentary lifestyle can increase your risk for things like obesity. Mm -hmm. Um, Sedentary lifestyle as well is also associated a lot of the times with a poor diet. People who have this sedentary Mm -hmm. lifestyle and just Mm -hmm. sitting back laying down at home um, are not eating the proper things as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they have a a diet that is lower in fiber and the fruits and vegetables, higher in those fatty foods, um, those red meats that we're talking about. So all of this is kind of linked to mm-hmm. that. But in addition to that, though, Doc, I mean, many of us who work nine to five jobs, um, not the general yes. surgeon, of course, <laughs> but, you know, many, many of us who work nine to five and we're sitting at the desk almost all day. Yes. Uh, yes. So I'm sure that you know, things like those can also be contributing factors. What are some creative ways you think? I mean, I know I'm putting you on spot now, but what are some creative ways that you think that folk who find themselves in this particular situation can improve on their physical activity? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely 
I know that's why, you know, even in the first world, a lot of workplaces are transitioning to the more stand-up workstations mm. where you're not really just sitting down all the time. Mm-hmm. So people are on their feet, can right. move around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if you have that time during the day, if even on your little lunch break, you walk around a little bit mm-hmm. after you eat or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and find the time, even, to, even on the weekend where you wake up a little earlier to do a little morning jog, mm-hmm. half an hour in the morning before you come to work or in the evening after. Yeah. find that little time to get the exercise in right. in between because not only will it decrease the risk of things like cancer but we're talking about um the more common cardiovascular abnormalities like heart attack stroke things mm-hmm. like that that it definitely decreases your risk for as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you mentioned smoking earlier being an increased risk factor but um what about alcohol usage so alcohol was one of those things that was a little controversial but then um one more it's so it's found that the higher alcohol consumption so mm-hmm. mild to moderate alcohol consumption not so much so mm-hmm. um but definitely high alcohol consumption is associated with it and it was more found to be in those persons who are already at an increased risk um, mm-hmm. based on family history or other things. Right. However, definitely it's more towards the higher end of the alcohol intake. Okay. Well, if you are just tuning in, you are tuned into the program Healthy and Happy, sponsored by the Easter Maker Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and aired right here on NCUFM, your education and wellness station. I'm having a conversation with Dr. John Anthony Price. He is a general surgeon. And of course, this is the third in, a, should I say, four-part series <laughs> um, entitled Issues of the Stomach, Issues of the Stomach. So we're talking colon cancer. You know, it's a subject that many persons perhaps don't like to talk about you know cancer in general just it seems a little but we must talk about it we're talking about the causes the risk factors we've defined it but we're going to be looking at signs and symptoms so an individual who may be diagnosed with um wait hold on i didn't ask you that question how do you diagnose diagnose it Uh all right so I guess before we get to diagnosis, maybe we should talk about screening. So definitely mm-hmm. colorectal cancer is one of those cancers that we should be screening for in the general population. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of locally, or local guidelines suggest that we start screening at age 45. Mm. Um, as Rod said before, that's because our population is primarily a black population and right. there are earlier presentations of colon cancer in the black population. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, worldwide screening tends to start maybe a little later at age 50. Mm-hmm. Now, there are various screening methods that we that we do for colon cancer. Um, broadly, those can be divided into stool-based tests and those that are not stool-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so a stool-based test is essentially we take a sample of stool from the patient mm-hmm. and then that is tested in the lab to see if there's any evidence of things that may indicate colon cancer. And most commonly what they're testing for is the presence of blood. Right. Um, the newer stool tests also test for the presence of DNA changes mm-hmm. um, that could be indicative of colon cancer as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have what we call the non-stool-based test. So that is where we're actually using a camera now and looking in the colon. So that's a more invasive, which some people may be a little bit more averse to, of course. I see. But when, <laughs> when you say a camera in the colon, you mean pass down through your mouth? No, through your anus, oh, through from oh, the back wow. passage. Yeah, yeah from so. one thing to the next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So as you can imagine, um, especially in our population, yes. men in particular may be a little averse to that. Invasive is um, the word. <laughs> yes, invasive is the word. Oh, bye, bye, bye. But definitely that mm. gives you an exact picture of what is going on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So you see in the colon and you can visualize these polyps that we were talking about before because right. it's these polyps that will subsequently develop into colon cancer. Mm-hmm. And the advantage of the colonoscopy is that you can actually... Um, 
new maneuvers where you can remo- remove those polyps mm. and therefore decrease the patient's risk of developing colon cancer further. Mm. Can those polyps grow back though? Those polyps can grow back um, mm. or go in new locations. So that's why it's a continuous screening thing. Mm. So even if an abnormality is found on one of the stool-based tests, mm. those patients would still need to proceed to a colonoscopy right. to determine what is causing that abnormality if mm-hmm. there are polyps present. Okay. All right, so let's jump into it. Signs, symptoms. Now, did we say diagnosis? We still haven't touched it. Okay, so the diagnosis Diagnosis. essentially is based on a combination of what what the patient is telling you. Mm -hmm. And what definitely clinches the diagnosis is at colonoscopy, a biopsy is taken Uh of whatever lesion you may see or whatever abnormality you may see that Mm -hmm. is sent to the lab and that confirms whether there's cancer present or not. Okay, all right. So that's the diagnosis. Yes. All right, so let's switch to the signs and symptoms. Um, How does an individual present with um, these kinds of symptoms? All right, so early colon cancer may not really have any signs or symptoms at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And generally, sometimes they also, if they are present, they may be very nonspecific or vague. So one of the common things is that patients may just feel tired. They have fatigue, Mm -hmm. um, increased fatigue with with exercise or any little... um, activity mm-hmm. and they feel a little weak and generally those may be signs of of anemia so mm-hmm. a lot of times these cancers they actually bleed mm-hmm. and you may or may not see it in your stool so some people do report that they see bright red blood in the stool others may report that the stool looks a little dark um, but it it bleeds and sometimes it's a very slow bleed Mm-hmm. But their blood count falls, and so they, s- they get anemic, they start to feel more tired. Okay. So that's one of those things you you ask for and look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the more advanced colon cancers, they may present with no weight loss when they examine the patient. They may actually feel a mass in their abdomen. Um, you may see or feel if the lesion is in the rectum. If you examine, mm-hmm. you may feel that lesion in the rectum. Um, you may also see blood on your glove. Mm. So things like that as well. Mm-hmm. So if an individual has seen these changes in themselves, weakness, fatigue, unexplained weight loss, perhaps bright red blood in their stool, or bleeding of any sort in their stool, and persistent changes, let's say, to their bowel habits, yes. um, what should they do? What is the first Definitely thing Definitely see do? your doctor. Definitely go and make an appointment, see your doctor. Mm. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that last thing that change in bowel habit is also mm-hmm. one thing that we always like to ask about mm-hmm. so if you had a regular bowel habit from before mm-hmm. um, and you realize that it has suddenly changed whether you're developing constipation or maybe some loose stool now that's more frequent mm-hmm. definitely that can also be a sign as well so you need to make an appointment to see a doctor mm-hmm. so many persons are listening in and they're intrigued i guess by this discussion because as you said it's the third highest is it cause of death worldwide both in Jamaica and worldwide, so it's the third most common cancer and the third most common mortality causing cancer. Wow, there we go. So, um, you know, persons are listening in and they're saying, all right, doc, I hear you. Thankfully for some, they've not seen those signs or symptoms. Others may have. But what are some lifestyle changes that can be introduced to really reduce the, one, the risk of getting this cancer, and two, if they have been diagnosed, let's say, with the early stages, how can they um, just alter or make lifestyle changes? Okay, great. So definitely, let's start with the ones that we can change. So if you're a smoker, Mm -hmm. stop the smoking. Wow. Um, Diet, Mm -hmm. we advise increased fiber. So that's your whole grains and things like that. You increase that in your diet. Increase fruits and vegetables. And you want a diet that is not so high in the red meat. 
Hmm. All right. So you want to cut that down a bit as well. Increase your water intake and everything like that as well. And then if you are excessive alcohol consumption, then you want to cut down on the alcohol consumption as well. And as I mentioned before, you get into general lifestyle practices that are healthy, like the exercise mm-hmm. to help decrease the risk of obesity. And as you said, that I imagine that maintaining a healthy weight is super important. So yes. not allowing your body weight to exceed a certain amount. Um, right. So if you're at a healthy weight, friends, you want to just um, try to ensure that you maintain that as best as possible. So as Doc mentioned, a healthy diet, you know, eating healthily, exercising, you want to stop smoking as Definitely. well. Definitely. And if you have even comorbidities like mm-hmm. uh, diabetes, as I mentioned, more and more things are pointing to that as um, a risk factor as well. So I definitely want to control your diabetes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I wonder if hypertension is linked to it. Um, nothing studies? that I have seen so far with regard to hypertension, mm-hmm. um, but definitely the diabetes, they found a link. So Doc, in terms of treatment for colon cancer, what's, what's the recommended treatment? All right. So treatment um, is with various modalities, various specialties are involved. So definitely have your surgeon. So surgery is one of the mainstays of treatment. Mm-hmm. We'll go in and we resect that colon cancer. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards now, you may need additional treatment, such as chemotherapy as mm-hmm. well, depending on what is found at the lab when we send off that specimen. Mm-hmm. The patient may also need additional chemotherapy. Um, as I was mentioning with the rectum, that one is a particular a little difference in terms of the treatment because sometimes they may need radiotherapy as well. And mm-hmm. this may be before or even after surgery. Mm-hmm. But radiotherapy also may be a part of the treatment for rectal cancer. But Doc, you mentioned you know, earlier that um, there are quite a few people, especially in our society, from low socioeconomic backgrounds. I mean, the moment you hear cancer of any sort, you're talking about increased costs. So somebody's diagnosed, they need to be, they need treatment, um, surgery or radiotherapy or radiation or chemotherapy. Yes. Aren't, aren't these things like super expensive? Uh, well, the government has been so kind to provide us with free health care. So, wow. I mean, definitely if you're coming to a public hospital, mm-hmm. all of these treatments are actually free of cost. Mm-hmm. Um, the surgery, the, the chemotherapy and the radiotherapy, it's all available within the public system. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing to be afraid of and say, oh my gosh, I have this diagnosis. It doesn't make sense right. because it's going to be costly. No, mm-hmm. you come in and the treatment is very much available to you. Well, God indeed be praised for the government. <laughs> <laughs> it's always refreshing to have refresher courses, um, you know, on these kinds of topics. Uh, we're talking about issues of the stomach. Dr. Price, what are your parting words to those who are listening? Uh, listening in, we have dealt with colon cancer this evening and we've said so many things. But what's the one thing that you want to leave them with? Those who are perhaps well, um, scared, frightened. Yes, what I want to say is definitely don't be scared. Um, I want to advise that you stick to your screening schedule. Ask your doctor about the screening because that is how we pick them up early. Mm-hmm. And this thing is treatable and is preventable. Mm-hmm. Because if we catch something on screening, we can remove those polyps early before mm-hmm. it develops into cancer. So but that's what I want to leave with you guys. Even if you mm-hmm. have a late diagnosis, it depends on, you know, you know, cancers tend to what we call spread, which mm-hmm. is the what, what we fear the most when they spread. Mm-hmm. Um, colorectal cancer is one of those things that even if it spreads, in particular, even like to the liver, mm-hmm. this thing has been found to be treatable still even at that stage with more advanced treatment of course Mm -hmm. Um, but it is something that we'll prefer to catch early but Mm -hmm. if we do catch it late um, there is still hope yeah and so don't feel 
Like you have to give up. Don't right. feel like it's the end. Mm-hmm. There is hope. Okay. Wonderful words there from uh, Dr. John Anthony Price. Wonderful uh, bits of insight and knowledge gained on colon cancer. We appreciate your time this evening, Doc. And we're not quite done with you. You're coming back next week. <laughs> no problem. I look forward to it. <laughs> As we focus on the fourth in the the fourth program in the four-part series uh, entitled, of course, Issues of the Stomach. We thank Dr. Price for coming. And we also want to thank you, our valued and dear listeners. Thanks so very much for keeping it locked to NCUFM 91.1, 91.3, 91.5. We also want to say a special thank you to our engineering studio, Brandon Daly. Thanks so very much. And of course, to the wider communication team at the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Until next week, same time, same place. Well, you may be in a different place. We will do it all over again, God's willing. Keep it locked to NCUFM. I'm Adis Jonas Murphy. God's blessings.
Because the true purpose of the church is soul business, not big business. I don't know about you, but I would rather have nothing and know Jesus than to have everything and not know him. You need to confess him today. Confess him with your mouth. Believe him in your heart. Do you know Jesus? You can know Jesus in your heart. Jesus. 